Welcome to the Discovery Doc Podcast, where we advocate for optimal wellness and reducing everyday toxic loads, no matter where life takes you. I'm Dr. Cece, doctor in nursing practice, self-proclaimed toxin tamer, and a crunchy mama. I'm Anna Kate, a medical mystery overachiever and your Discovery Liaison. Join us on this exciting journey as we explore the world of holistic health, cutting-edge research, and practical solutions for a healthier life. Together, we'll navigate through the complexities of wellness, sharing valuable insights, and expert advice. Tune in to the Discovery Doc Podcast. Get ready to be inspired, empowered, and discover a whole new way of looking at your health. I would start is your air and water mm-hmm. because in all reality, those are our two biggest nutrients that yes. we need to survive. So start there. Welcome back to the Discovery Doc Podcast. I'm right here with Dr. Cece, functional medicine nurse practitioner, self-reclaimed toxin tamer, and mama of three, and this girl. I'm Anna Kate, your medical mystery overachiever and discovery liaison. 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 <laughs> We'll mail it. We'll mail it eventually. We're here. (laughs) We're here and thriving. Y'all should have been with us for the past couple hours. It's it's been a doozy. It's been. been, I feel like we say this every time. It's been a doozy. We're still practicing. We are. We're still getting better at it. And now it'll just be perfect. It's just, just, it'll just be What are we talking about today? We are talking about air and water and all the toxins that are in the air and water that we don't need in our air and water, and we don't need to be putting them in our bodies. So the last couple episodes, we were going through all things health and wellness. We are talking about just some habits that I form with our kiddos from the get-go, some different detox modalities, some wellness supplements, um, and food choices and physical activity and grounding yourself and getting outside, and then also what health and wellness looks like to Anna Kate. Um, so check those out if you have not. But today I do as <laughs> AK over here tried to explain. <laughs> what I do want to dive into more so are two specific sources of toxins, and that is air and water. Obviously, there are so many toxins we're exposed to on a daily basis, but those are two pretty massive ones. Uh, Yeah, come in contact with them pretty much every day. We kind of need them to survive. Um, So those are the two that, that we want to talk about today. And one thing that I get a lot of is, and kind of unrelated, but still related, is like when I do all on my Instagram, I do like a lot of swaps and like, hey, do instead of this, do this. And people are like, well, what is that really harming? Like if I drink my one red Gatorade with red dye 40, like what is that really doing? And okay, that one thing, that one off might not be, but it is the bioaccumulation of all the things that we're exposed to. And it is pretty wild because we are, it's estimated that we are exposed to over 750,000 toxins in a day. And that's a lower limit. That's a day, not a lifetime. That's a that's day. Daily. And these toxins are, are the building blocks for diseases. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, that's just fact. 
And so one of the first steps that we can do to prevent illness or to take better care of our bodies are to get rid of those major toxins. So the back to my original kind of question that wasn't a question, but a question I get a lot was like, how does that one bottle of that has food dyes in it of Gatorade or whatever it is, how does that impact my health? And if we look at the span of our day and we have those 750,000 toxins that we are exposed to, air, water, personal care products, food, whatever it may be, all of those can bioaccumulate, which means they can build up in our body over time. And that's what then triggers chaos. It's literally been studied that we carry those toxins from generation to generation. And then it's excreted in things like our breast milk to our baby. I mean, they're finding forever chemicals oh, goodness. in women's breast milk. So to me, it's just wild that it's not a much bigger topic of conversation in preventing illness. It's just crazy to me. Right. I don't know if it's crazy. Well, to you, it's it crazy is crazy because think about it. You probably are exposed to, or I guess the typical American, not you per se, don't attack um, me. You you discover at home like the rest <laughs> of us. Um, no, that you are the average American is exposed to a hundred and some odd chemicals before you even leave the house yeah. in the morning. Yeah. So if you take a morning shower, there's so many chemicals in your water, and that is your What's in the water is absorbed through your skin, mm-hmm. right? It's the water that you drink. Mm-hmm. It's the shampoo and conditioner and shaving cream and moisturizers and, and body wash and body toothpaste wash. and deodorant. Yeah, all of the things. And your body naturally detoxes by sweating, mm-hmm. by leaking, peeing and pooping. Yep. And then, <laughs> and then also, like in your exhale, is how you get rid of some toxins. And those are the only ways to do it. Yes. And to that point, our bodies are designed to naturally get rid of toxins. Absolutely. But with how inundated our bodies are with toxins every single day, it can't keep up. So now they that's the term bioaccumulate. They start to build up. Those toxins start to build up and then contribute to different illnesses. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So as a both as a mom and a practitioner, it's a goal of mine to remove these to the best of my ability, both internally and externally, right? We go on like intense detox protocols when we're trying to detox heavy metals or molds or whatever it is. Right. But if you do all that and you return to a toxic environment, what good what is it? Yeah. What was the point? Yeah. There you was spent, no point. Spent that. time and <laughs> time and money on doing it and it's not gonna, it's not gonna help. I mean, it's like, Brushing your teeth and eating Oreos and popcorn at the same time and your teeth. Are or never brushing your teeth with Oreo toothpaste. Is that a thing? No, but I just made it one. <laughs> that sounds delicious. That's disgusting. I used to love Oreos when I was a kid. And then one of my friends, we were like 12 and her dad, it was on our way to a soccer game. And her dad told me that the middle of an Oreo is lard is made of lard. Not anymore I don't know because they're that's... vegan now. Okay. So that's not true anymore. But that stuck with me. I mean, it was like a PTSD. Like that stuck with me and I never ate Oreo again. <laughs> well, not that we eat fast food, but if we did the McDonald's fries from our childhood, remember how they used to be so good? They're now vegan fries. My mom didn't let us eat fast food. So no, I don't know what you're talking about. No, sorry. 
they were surprised. really good when they were made with real things. I'm just going to leave that there. Mm. And now that they're not, yeah, like the strawberry shake at McDonald's has like 230 something ingredients in it. Oh, it's like, shouldn't it be milk, sugar, and strawberries? That's disgusting. Right. What do, what do I, it's like all the, yeah. the little studies that you see that you like, they leave a McDonald's hamburger out. Mm-hmm. And two years later, that thing has not molded. Yep. Still the same. Why not? Preservatives and chemicals. There? The wonders of chemicals. Yes. We, we wonder why. <laughs> right. We are digressing. I di- <laughs> Absolutely I, digressing. I digest. <laughs> okay. So toxins in the food that we eat, the yes. water that we drink, the yes. air that we breathe. Yes. Yes. How do we start? Is that like a huge question I get? Where do we start? How do we start? And diving through a non-toxic journey can be a very intense rabbit hole. It can be very overwhelming. Um, And a lot of times people just don't know where to start. And so they don't because it's just, it's too overwhelming. And there are, um, like we just mentioned in one breath, shampoo, conditioner, deodorant, toothpaste. Like there's so many things you could change, but go slow and work systematically through the process. And so where I would start is your air and water. Mm-hmm. Because in all reality, those are our two biggest nutrients that yes. we need to survive. So start there. Um, and when it comes to to water, it is has unfortunately become one of the most toxic environmental resources um, in the world because so many different types of pollutants find their way into our water sources. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't matter if you have a well, it doesn't matter if you're on city water, there's just a whole bunch of garbage. Yep. And city water is treated with all kinds of extra chemicals to get the original stuff that the water is contaminated with out. And Mm -hmm. so what do we do? We're doomed. (laughs) We're not doomed. We're not fear mongering here. But, but I think it is important to know that the most commonly found toxic toxins these days in our, our water are viruses, bacteria, heavy metals like aluminum and lead. Um, Arsenic is also a big one fluoride of course and then we have things oh, like that toothpaste yeah it's treated with fluoride um and then we have things like pharmaceuticals and volatile organic compounds or vocs and i mean we could go into each one of these individually but there are a couple that i do want to touch on fluoride that you just mentioned yep. is one of them um i have an issue with fluoride <laughs> going to be a little <laughs> controversial here. Hey, step on your soapbox because I want to hear because I've yeah. been recommended that I do f- take fluoride or put so, it on my teeth all the time. Okay. I have an issue with fluoride in our water. If you look at the history of how it came about to be in our water, that's a little sketchy. I will leave that up to you, discoverers, to get research. Um, but I can't, I can't argue that applying for uh, applying fluoride to your teeth does not help prevent decay. That has been studied extensively. Yes, it does. Do I disagree when it comes to giving up putting fluoride on the one tooth of a six month old in a pediatrician's office? Absolutely, because that baby is just swallowing yeah. all of that fluoride. We are not spitting it out. Um, I don't love brushing, you know, people brush their teeth and then they brush their tongue. I why brush your tongue with fluoride? Now you're just absorbing it, you know, more readily. But I can't argue that when applied directly to the teeth of an adult who can appropriately spit it out, that it does not help prevent decay. That okay. I could get on board with. I still don't use it. 
but <laughs> I could get on board with that. What I cannot get on board with is fluoride being in our water because we are drinking water. We are not, I mean, some people use straws to drink water. It's not touching your teeth, right? You're consuming it. You're ingesting it internally. So what the heck is it doing for my teeth? Am I sitting there with my cup of water every day and, you know, drinking it and then swishing it in my mouth and then, you know, swallowing it? Are you? No. Are you guys? <laughs> no. No. So then please tell me what it's doing for my teeth if I'm drinking water out of a straw. Probably a whole lot of nothing. But then it's going to hydrate the rest of the cells in my body because I'm 75% water. Right. Yeah. Or is that the earth? <laughs> Can someone tell us yeah, how much so, water yeah. is on the earth? Please. I think it's the no, earth. I think it's like 80%. I, I, I swear I looked this You're up. a lot of water and the earth is a lot of water. Let's yes, just go with that. that's it. But fluoride itself is a known neurotoxin that has been studied extensively to be linked to lowered IQ. So why, am, why are our kids drinking it? Someone please tell me that. And well, it's not just the water that comes out of the tap either. It's all the beverages on in the yeah. U.S. that are made with it. So even if you're picking up, uh, you know, a sports drink, it's got fluoride in it, but it's not listed because it's minuscule. And it's a minuscule. normal part of the water. And it's right. not just a neurotoxin, but it's been linked to weakened bones, muscles, and ligaments, thyroid dysfunction. Raise your hand in America if you have thyroid dysfunction. I mean, it is wildly common. At least 12% of Americans suffer from thyroid disease. And our, we're all drinking the same water that is known to, called, to cause thyroid dysfunction. Wait, that sounds kind of messed up and backwards. Yeah. So how do we, yeah, what do we do? We'll get to that in a second. I, I okay. ain't done yet. Not yet. We're going on some rants today. Stay tuned. <laughs> um, another one is cardiovascular dysfunction. What's the, what are most Americans dying from? Heart disease. Hmm. Hmm. I'm just going to do the hmm, mm. and leave that right there. Mm. Um, another big one that I want to point out are pesticides and herbicides. That is wildly prominent in our water sources. And I mean, these substances are sprayed on our foods, in our yards. Of mm -hmm. course, they're going to leach into our water sources as well. And chronic exposure to these herbicides and pesticides are known to be carcinogens, cancer-causing cause neuromuscular disease, cellular and mitochondrial dysfunction. So the little powerhouses of our cells that make ATP, make usable energy for literally every cell in our body. We hurt them. We hurt them. That's not nice. By consuming pesticides. Um, reproductive dysfunction is very common with pesticides and herbicides as well, leading to things like developmental delays and birth defects. So there, those are just two two things just two that can be found in our water goodness let alone everything else we named previously so back to your really uh, good question yeah what do we do dr cc <laughs> what do we do okay so the first step here a lot of people want to want to know what is in their water and i i don't care because i want it out <laughs> so right for some of us we can just go to the fix but for others of us who like to actually see what's in their water, you want to get your water tested. Um, you want to take samples from your home to see, to have it assessed for different contaminants. Now, 
you can go to like a home improvement store and get a little water test. That That's great. Um, but I'll hold that thought. That's the most cost effective way to do it. But there's some downsides to it. The other one that you can do is you can send samples to your local health department or a state certified lab for analysis. Now, that's a little more costly. The downsides to both of those are that depending on your county and your state, there are certain percentages of pharmaceuticals, of pesticides, of fluoride, of chlorine, of heavy metals that are allowed in our water. And so when you send a sample from your home, to a state certified lab, they are not reading those results as abnormal. So they won't report to you, here is the percentage of fluoride, here is the percentage of of chlorine in your water, because to them, it's a normal finding. You will only get what they consider abnormal, which is above a certain percentage. You following me? Yes, okay. Whose brain did we get? Did we get Abby Normals? <laughs> <laughs> Whose brain are we using? Because that doesn't make sense makes, to me. It makes no sense. Yeah. But I want to know if I'm going to send it off to be tested, I want to know everything that's right. in it, whether you deem it normal, or, normal not. or not. Yes. So the third option and the only option in which you would receive that information is if you send it to an independent laboratory. Because an independent lab is going to tell you any contaminants, no matter what the percentages are in your water source. Now that is, I mean, it can be a hundred bucks and more. So that is not something that's cheap. Um, But for those who are dedicated to wanting to find what exactly what's in their water to maybe find the the most exact solution for it, I wouldn't waste your time with the previous two. I would go right to that one. For those of us who are just like, no, take it all out. (laughs) Then I would just Mm -hmm. go to a solution, right? Right. Um, In terms of what we want to do. Obviously filter. We want to filter. Not all filters are created equally and everybody's availability is not the same. So some filter is better than no filter. Yes. Yes, absolutely. So, and and yes, that's a great way to put it because some people can go and get a stinking whole house filter. And then some people can do a, just a a filter that sticks in the wall, in the fridge. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, So there's totally different layers of it. Across the board, what I find to be the most effective is reverse osmosis. Okay. We, that's what we personally use. Reverse osmosis systems will take out everything that's dangerous, but they will also take out the good stuff. So the point of us drinking water and surviving off of water are, is the mineral content, right? Right. And so when you use a really good filter or filtration system something like reverse osmosis, oftentimes it'll take the good with it. So my like utopia is that you use reverse osmosis and then you have to remineralize. Right. You have to put those good minerals back in. How we do that? So there are certain companies that do that for you. Okay. There are others that don't. And so if let's say that you just use a, a, a um, like a, a carbon filter is another one. Carbon filter doesn't remove things like reverse osmosis does. So you don't have to remineralize. Only if you're using something as intense as a reverse osmosis filtration system, do you have to come back in and remineralize. Okay. So for us, ours gets run through 
pink Himalayan salt. So that it's cool. It's very cool. So that's how it's remineralized. But before we had that, I was using um, a countertop one called AquaTrue. It's A-Q-U, no, A-Q-U-A, Aqua, T-R-U. And it's just this countertop one. You fill it with water every morning. It is reverse osmosis, but it does not put the minerals back in. So then it's like a big gallon in the back. And I would just come back and put like 10 drops of minerals in the water. Nice. And that's it. And I would get, um, I mean, there's so many. I used Concentrase, Trace Mineral Drops mm-hmm. by Concentrase. And it's a big bottle. I mean, it's like. Thir- it lasts forever. Yes. It's like you're only 13 using a bucks. Drops at a time. And it will last you months and months and months. Because, yeah, you're only using, depending on how big your water filter is, you're only using five to 10 drops. Right. You know, max. That bottle will last you months. So that's a very, very easy solution. Mm-hmm. The other thing is you can, if you're, if. That to me is easiest, especially if you have multiple people like drinking water throughout the day. Um, The other option is to fill up your kids' water bottles or your water bottle and then add minerals just directly to your water bottle. Simple enough. Easy peasy. Yeah. So one thing on that your your house system runs through pink Himalayan salt, you can also do that for yourself and just take a pinch of Himalayan salt or Celtic sea salt that has... It's not a really process that just kind of comes out of the ocean and is dried. So mm-hmm. that's great for if you're feeling dehydrated, water dehydrated. Um, we'll need to talk about that one day, the difference between water dehydration and oil dehydration. Yeah, that's a good one. Lipid dehydration. So stay tuned. Um, <laughs> but that's an easy way that if you're, you've been out or you've sweated a lot, if you feel kind of off, that taking a little bit of salt and mm-hmm. drinking water, when you do that, and it helps, the the sodium helps reintroduce all that and they have minerals in them. So just make sure that that's what that is. And then if you have sodium or salt issues, don't over, don't overdo it, but it's a, it's a great, it's a great alternative. Yeah. We have actually in the office, we have something called a sole jar that is right on top of our like water dispenser. Mm -hmm. And all it is, is big chunks of pink Himalayan salt. And we put like two cups of water in there and we let it sit overnight in the jar. Mm-hmm. All you need is like a teaspoon of that in a normal glass of water. You can't taste it. It does no. not make the water salty. No, it doesn't. And it is just wildly hydrating. So that's also something you could do. Just add it right back into the water. See, easy solutions. Yeah, easy peasy lemon squeezy. Um, <laughs> Pink Himalayan salt um, lemon squeezy. Water? No, it's that sounds yeah. amazing. Very refreshing. hydrating. Yes. As I'm dehydrating with my coffee. Yeah, Everything's fine. Um, shower head filters. Yeah. Also, if you can't, obviously not everyone, most people cannot do a whole house filter. Um, but shower head filters are great. Um, they make little faucet filters as well because I think the most important is your drinking water. That's mm-hmm. number one. Like get that situated, do drinking water. And then you can slowly go to, okay, the shower and where I brush my teeth. Mm-hmm. Because when we're brushing our teeth, I mean, that water is absorbing in your oral cavity, shower through the skin, like you yep. mentioned. So I would, my order of priority would be drinking water, shower, and then faucets yeah. and finding little filtration heads that you can put on a faucet or, or a shower. Do they have one for the bathtub for those of us that like to take baths with Epsom yeah. salts and all of that? Yes, absolutely. And like Anna Kate said earlier, something is better than nothing. So they might not be like these crazy $10,000 systems, Yes, but they are filtering something and that's better than nothing when it comes to what we're bathing in or what we're brushing our teeth Absolutely. with. 
Absolutely. And then make sure that, so another thing, as we talk about the rest of, of this and you make wonderful suggestions, if you already have something in your house, don't throw it away, you finish it. So we're not creating excessive waste. Mm -hmm. Then when it's time to rebuy, like with laundry detergent or anything like that, and we'll get to talk about that, but use what you have and then like pick, you can work through a better. place. Yeah. yeah. And now a word from our sponsor. Most people don't realize the connection between the immune and digestive systems. In fact, 70 to 80% of your immune system lives in your gut. That's why it's so important to protect daily. Stellar Biotics are pioneers in immune and gut health with 20 plus years of science behind their metabiotic and probiotic supplements. They are all natural, proven, safe, and effective for everyone in your family, children, nursing mothers, and even pets. I trust them for my own family's immune and gut health support, and I hope that you consider them for your family too. Learn more at StellarBiotics.com and use coupon code DRCC10 to get 10% off of your purchase today. Um, one thing I do, I have an issue with one very common filter out there, uh -oh. and it starts with a B and it ends in Erky. That's all I'm saying <laughs> because that is a very, it's a very common water or I'm sorry, countertop filter. Um, and the company swears that aluminum, their filtration process works with aluminum and the company swears that there's no aluminum leached into the water. The research I've personally done, I wouldn't choose that one for my household because there seems to be a point at which it could definitely be leaching mm -hmm. into the water. That's all two cents. Look into it for yourself. That is my personal opinion. I just know a lot of people use that filter. Um, so food for thought in case you've never looked into that. Okay. I have one that I, it's a charcoal filter that goes in a water bottle for me. So when awesome. I'm traveling, yes. I like that so I can get water and it doesn't taste like, um, let me know below, like in our, in our, yeah. Comment somewhere. If you um I'm gonna know use what, your brain to work. Yes. If you know what Florida water is, okay, YouTubers, if you're if you know what Florida water is, let us know in the comments below. Cause have you had Florida water? Like the state of Florida? Yeah. I lived in Florida. So you do you know what Florida water is? It's the tap water that you can smell it before you yeah. get close to it. Yeah. So that yes, I do know what you're talking about. But even to say when we moved I mean, at this point, I'm a water snob. I can taste the difference between waters. Yes. I can. Um, but even when we moved to Georgia, we used to shower and our we would get out and I'd be like, why do we reek like chlorine? Mm -hmm. And we live in the middle of nowhere in Georgia. Yeah. Like we are in the country. So that mm. says a lot too, where it's not just in these densely populated areas and until I started filtering that water, it became softer. We didn't smell like stinking chlorine when we got out of the shower mm -hmm. or when the kids got out of the bath. I mean, that that was like a huge red flag. Yeah. And cleaner water can help you get cleaner. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, exactly. It's amazing. It is amazing. Um, the other part is the air we breathe. The air we breathe. Everyone take a big deep breath right now. Resetting. This is the fourth time we've reset today. <laughs> We're trying. <laughs> um, but air, the interesting part is that a lot of literature within the past couple of years have actually showed us that air inside of our homes 
and inside of buildings can be more toxic than air outside. Yep. Even in densely populated cities. Mm-hmm. And think of all those pollutants. Yep. It's wild. And I this to me, I mean, this is multifaceted, but I read a study, I don't know, like a month ago, so I'm not going to remember details on it, about dogs and domesticated dogs versus wild animals mm-hmm. and wild animals not having autoimmune diseases and not having cancers and not having all these things that domesticated dogs and animals get. Yeah, because they get seasonal seasonal allergies. allergies and food allergies mm-hmm. and autoimmune conditions and all these things. And you're like, okay, well, hello. Yeah. Just like humans. And why? Because we're detached from nature and we are surrounded by toxins. I know. Everyone breathe. It'll be okay. Um the other thing is we we spend about 90%. The average American spends about 90% of their time indoors. 90% of their time. So you are exposed more so to those toxins that are accumulating in the home or your office or whatever building than you would be if we spent more time outside like we were designed meant to and designed to. Yes. Um well think about this too. If it's dirty, if the air if pollutants are outside and it's dirty and then they evaporate and then they get into the clouds and then when the clouds turn black because they're dirty, it needs to rain and then it rains. And so you're getting someone else's toxins from somewhere else all over you. <laughs> She's just making this so much worse for everybody. Yes, I know. But think about it. Like you try to do uh, yes, we try to do all of our best, but that's what happens, right? Yeah. Is it accumulates from lots of different places or if a friend yes. moves in you're yes. getting stuff from the town over and so if you live yeah. in industrial towns that's or like a big huge thing. agricultural plants that are mm-hmm. using tons of pesticides and herbicides and all those things now that's coming into your rain or into your water source or into your soil yeah it's all it's all connected um and there are we talked a little bit about what toxins can can pollute water and they're similar toxins that can pollute our air as well. I mean, heavy metals like lead and mercury are Mm -hmm. huge. Um, Sulfur dioxide, nitrogen oxide, black carbon. That just sounds nasty, Mm -hmm. right? (laughs) Um, Volatile organic compounds, mold. I don't like mold. mold. Yeah. And and mold's my nemesis. Mold is a lot of my patient's nemesis. Yeah. I mean, and, and just so many other things. And these toxins i mean they're they're serious people don't want to take them seriously but they are serious they are known human carcinogens known to cause cancer birth defects trigger things like immune dysfunction and copd why do we have so many kids with asthma and allergies you know like the- it all comes from somewhere there's a there's a legitimate source for all of the things yes yes and it, right exactly and it might not be the air that you're breathing but there is a source for everything i love that um so the in terms of our air that is the next step that I would take to reduce toxins in your home. Um, we can improve the quality of our air so greatly if we just install filters. Yeah. <laughs> if we do, and this could be as simple or as in-depth as you want. It can be in, in your central heating or cooling system. It can be a portable air filter. Mm-hmm. People love their like air doctors and things right now. Um, and there's tons, there's tons on the market that you can do what I suggest with, with patients. If we're limited financially, it's get a portable air filter and put it where you spend the most time. Mm-hmm. You know, I understand if we can't have one in every room, but 
put it in if you spend the most time in your bedroom or if you spend the most time in your living room hanging out as a family. Right. Put one where you spend the most time or where you think there might be the most contaminants. Like if you have a bathroom that you can smell, you know, some mold and we can't get it remediated yet or right. checked out, put that thing in the bathroom. Right. So this is your friendly reminder from the Discovery Doc podcast to change your filters. Yes. Set an alarm. Set a reminder on your phone. Go ahead and add it to your calendar. Change your whole your house air filters. Yes. And have your ducks cleaned. Yes. Who knew as an adult that was a thing we had to do? Adulting. Adulting. Uh -huh. Like it doesn't matter if you're where you live. It could be an apartment. It could be a home. It could be whatever. But have your ducks cleaned. I'm pretty sure they recommend every six months. We're lucky if we do it once a year, once a year yeah. um, but it is gnarly when you do have them yeah. clean and it's been a while, but have those cleaned out regularly, your, your HVAC um, system as well. There are also another important point is ventilation. Like you can have, you don't just want to be a sitting duck. Yeah. You know, so everything we also, because we're inside so often, there's just lack of airflow open up your windows. Yep. It's coming into fall. So it was, I opened, I aired out my house yesterday. Yeah. It was 67 degrees. So I opened all of the windows and everything yes. and let the air flow through for a couple of hours and bring some natural air in, let that filter through, ventilate your home. You could have your air filters on at that point as well. But ventilation is a great natural way mm -hmm. to just get that air moving. And just don't do it during pollen season because not oh, everything God. inside will be yellow. Yeah. <laughs> it feels really good outside, except everything's covered in yellow. So skip, skip at least one away. person in your house will be sneezing mm -hmm. for the next 12 days. <laughs> you yeah. do that. That would be me. Um, the specific type of ever, climates are different too, obviously. Climate climate yeah. matters when we're Wherever talking. Wherever you are in the world. Yes, it matters when we talk about air filtration. And so a specific type of air filter that is dependent where you live, your climate, the humidity level, the degree to which your home is kind of airtight, locked and loaded mm -hmm. or open. Um, so those are things that I would suggest having an expert that is not me come in and, and tell you, you know, the structure of your home and based on the climate and humidity, et cetera, what would be the best for your home specifically. Right. And managing humidity is a big deal now too. Mm -hmm. And so if you're getting a new HVAC system or um, a, a way to monitor the humidity, one, it'll make the house feel cooler or more acclimatized. And then also reduce Big word. Big word. Are you proud of me? I am. You said it. And uh, you said it right. Like you didn't stutter or anything. And then no. I ruined your train of thought. It's okay. It's <laughs> no, but we're having all of um, the things in the house. If the humidity is too high, then you get mold and mildew. Yes. And you know, and mold toxicity will be a to topic for another time, but that is very real. Cause that is not, I don't like mold. I can go into a place and sm and just like, Oh yeah. So I can smell it right it. away. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's different than like a musty mildew that just something wet got left out for a second. Oh. It's a completely different. You get a very yucky thing. feeling. Yeah, yes. I know. Um, so That's why I have no carpet in my house. Yeah. I understand that. None. We don't have carpet. We have we have some area rugs, but we don't have carpet yeah. at all. Um, and then, so that would be my my advice for air. There, I would start start with those two, and then once you feel comfortable with the air and water sources in your home, then and only then would I work your way through daily products. Yep. And I mean, there are so many 
so many that you can go through that there are better options for, but I would choose the things that you truly do use daily first. Don't go to the face cream that you use once every three months. Yeah. Go to your conditioner, your shampoo, body wash, deodorant, toothpaste. Those are big ones. Um, and I would say probably body lotion. Yeah. Face, face, cr- face creams that you do use, sunscreen that you do use every day. Right. Sunscreen, bug spray. You know, there, there are quite a few. But I would pick one. And similar to what Anna Kate said before, say that you just start in your bathroom and you say, okay, my shampoo is going to be the first one. Use the rest of your shampoo. Don't waste it. Don't waste money. But then the next time you need to re-up on shampoo, pick a better option and just do the same thing throughout your home. Then once your conditioner is out, okay, I'm going to research. I'm going to find a better option, a more non-toxic option or less toxic option, and I'm going to replace the conditioner. Mm -hmm. Next is going to be my deodorant. Next is going to be my toothpaste. But just use what you have and then move through it systematically so it's not overwhelming so you're not spending a whole bunch of money like in one day to replace everything in your house don't throw it all out and start over like that's not how that's not how this is going to work and then you're going to be frustrated finding the things that you do like with Mm -hmm. switching to a different product that doesn't work for you work for you or perform and behave the way that the chemical product right that you're used to and that is something that you'll have to get used to there are, it took me a long time to find a conditioner. Look at my, I mean, look at my hair. I have all the hair. So it took me a long time to find a conditioner that did not make my hair feel like straw mm-hmm. because I'm so used to the chemical stuff that makes my hair feel nice and fluffy and silky and beautiful that I had to go through, a, I mean, a ton of different conditioners mm-hmm. until I found one where I was like, ooh, this feels good. Like my hair is nice and smooth and silky and I like this. Um, so yeah, I would totally recommend sticking to one product finding the one that you like before moving on because then it's just habit. Like then the next time you go to get that conditioner, you know exactly what you're reaching for. Yep. And it's process of elimination too. And there's Mm -hmm. lots of things that are, um, you can get trial sizes of them and you can try it that way. Um, there's lots of, there's lots of options. And then like for shampoo and conditioner, like I like a bar, I like a shampoo bar. Wow. So would you like a shampoo bar if you had? No, I would not. But I'm growing my hair out, so I'm half. <laughs> I just half, whipped her with my half hair. Tempted to cut it all off and go back to my pixie because this is this is my grow out stage, and I don't like it. So I used my hair wasn't quite as long as yours, yeah. and I don't have as much hair. But it used to be used to be long. I've always wanted to be a bar shampooer, and I just I can't figure out like the mechanism. I'm like, <laughs> it's, a, it's a one of these like rub it in your hand and then rub it on your scalp. And then, so I don't wet. Yeah, you only do your scalp. Yeah, and then I do the rest of it, and then I just use a regular, like a conditioner that I've already had. Yeah, it's it's a better conditioner. It may not be the best conditioner, but then I put on the ends as it's growing out because maybe I could retry. I mean, full disclosure, I really only wash my hair once every seven days. Let those oils ride, ladies. So lucky. Let the oils ride. That's why I curl my hair. Because I can get a couple of days out of it. But if it sticks straight, I don't, I gotta wash it. I don't. So, or I probably do, but I don't. Pick what <laughs> works for you. It. Pick yes. if you're one of the herbalist creators, make your own stuff, make what works oh, for you. I'm so jealous of you humans. I can't do it. I just, I, I don't have that creative side, but I know tons of women who make their own, which is amazing. Um, but I'm not that. 
I'm amazing. You are amazing. But not, <laughs> not that You're amazing incredible. to make my own soap. You is um, good. You is kind. You, you is smart. pretty. You is smart. <laughs> um, once you have worked your way through our your personal care products, then another big one, and you can flip-flop this if you want, depending on how much you cook. Cookware is a, a massive component. Um, and so if you are a family who cooks all the time, I might switch that and do cookware first and then go to personal care products. If you eat out all the time, then I would do personal care products and then go to, to kitchenware. Um, for kitchenware, my go-tos are cast iron. Mm-hmm. And then we use ceramic. I use caraway, which is awesome. Yeah. Um, there, yeah. you do enameled cast iron or regular mm-hmm. cast iron. Regular cast iron. Yeah, we season it over time. Yeah, with all okay. the food that we cook in it. The cast iron is my favorite. There are certain ceramic companies or stainless steel companies um, that I would get on board with and do, uh, but we mostly cook in cast iron. And then there are some awesome. I'll do this in a post, um, maybe when we this episode comes out, of like your waffle maker and your panini press and things like that. Like people don't think about all of these or our kitchenware. Like we use, I'm crazy, guys. So we use like our spatulas are all bamboo mm-hmm. um, instead of plastic. But you can do stainless steel is awesome. Stainless steel, glass, bamboo. That's what fills my cabinets personally. Yep. Um, food is a, a massive topic that we can delve more into in a, in some other time. That's not now Um, because we're just trying to talk about just general health and wellness right now. But I have a one major rule of thumb and that is if you can't pronounce it, if you turn around some sort of packaged food and you look at the ingredients and you cannot pronounce something that's in that ingredient list, maybe you should not consume it. That is what I teach my kids. If Ava turns it around and she's like, Dihydroxyethanol. Okay, nope. Nope. <laughs> nope. Now there are things that have the chemical name or the uh, uh, Latin name for things, and sometimes I can't do those. But it right. will also say like carrot seed extract or something in parentheses, so you know what it is. Right. But they're putting the the source and and all of that yeah. on it. So those things are a little bit easier to to navigate through yes. rather than the chemical name of. Right. Or if it's a acronym, look up those, look up those letters. Mm-hmm. You know, if you don't know what they stand for, look them up. So that's a very simplified version, but it's a really good way to start eliminating excess toxins that you're consuming in foods is just to know that the ingredients that you are consuming are not full of chemicals and preservatives. If you can't pronounce it, if you don't readily know what it is, just don't eat it or look it up and confirm if it is something that maybe it's some herbal extract that you didn't know, right. you know, how to pronounce or it's some synthetic chemical that, you know, is a preservative. Yeah. And choose wisely, my friends. Um, and just do better next time. Yeah. If exactly. this time it didn't work out, just do better next time. That's all. That's that's the if whole at process. First you don't succeed. Try, try <laughs> again. Um, sourcing also matters when it comes to food. That is something that I like to focus on as well, um, which again, we, we can dive into that deeper in, into some other point in time. Um, for those who are just getting started, we have tons and tons and tons of resources through the Discovery Doc Instagram. I do tons of swaps for personal care products or home products or 
food, things like sunscreen, dish soap, even uh, tanning lotion and insect repellent, like you name it. I have these like little green posts that say, hey, these aren't the best. And I don't put all of the yucky ones out there, but I try to put ones that most people are familiar with. And then I'll say why, because I just, I don't want to like create fear and, you know, just say these are bad and these are good. No, I want you to know why they aren't the greatest. And then I always want to provide you with options that are much better options. There are always better options and they might not be perfect, but it's about choosing one that might just be a little bit better than whatever you are using. So there's tons of resources on my Instagram for that. Um, We also have tons of guides. That can really help if you're first starting. There, I have a freebie that's 50 products that's under five ingredients that are all just personal care products, which are great. And snacks, like go-to snacks. I'm a convenience person. I like. Snacks. I don't make all my kids snacks, but <laughs> I am choosing box things or things that you know are in packages that I know the ingredients are good. So there's a guide for that. Um, the EWG website. Mm-hmm is another one that's good. I always like to give a disclaimer because like the Yucca app is super prominent right now, whatever it's called, where you can like scan a food choice and it tells you if it's like super toxic or not. And that's a wonderful place to start. And I think the EWG website is also a wonderful place to start. There is always a point where we have to watch those to see if they are being like, if my brand is paying you to be why is your face doing that face sorry um don't mind me (laughs) um there is always a a point in time where we have to make sure that those like how good they are is not being influenced that they are not being paid to say that this product is good right so i would rather use it as a tool to create knowledge and to like educate myself when i was first starting this is what i did that if that website said, no, this is super toxic, I would look at the reason why. What's in it that they're saying is super toxic? And then I'd kind of double check that and look up that ingredient so that it's not biased. Even right. if these companies are paying these people to say, hey, we're EWG verified and you know that means we're super non-toxic, it's still my responsibility yes. to look at those ingredients, to understand them, and to know if they are truly non-toxic or not. So I use it as an educational tool and not like the saving grace mm-hmm. of, of, and, you know, and all to be all when it comes to toxic things, but it is like something like the yuck app is good as an introduction to foods that could potentially be toxic where you don't know, you know, you're still learning, you're still new. And then the EWG is really good for products. You can Google, you can say Crest toothpaste EWG, and it will pull up all different types of Crest toothpaste and it will list the ingredients and give you a toxicity rating and then tell you why. It will say, okay, it is a possible human carcinogen, or it is a known endocrine disruptor to the EU, and it's banned in the EU. Like, it'll give you really good information. If it's banned in the EU, don't put it in your body. Right, right. Um, and that's just not not a knock on Crest. That's just an example. Um, and I don't know those ingredients off the top of my head. On anything. If, it, if you look it up in that resource and it says banned in the EU, just just yeah away. yeah but those are two good resources if you're just starting again don't rely on them rely on yourself use it as a starting guide and then the point that you really want to get to is be able being able to look at the back of 
ingredient list, whatever it's on, and being like, ooh, I know enough that this, this, and this are not great. So I'm going to choose something else. And you don't necessarily need to know, okay, this ingredient is an endocrine disruptor and this ingredient, you know, bioaccumulates, but just being able to recognize them and saying, eh, I'm going to choose to move on. Just be aware. Just something else. Yeah. At the end of the day, it is so important to empower yourself to understand what you are putting into your body or onto your body, as well as the rest of your family. I think that's, that's been a wonderful episode. Mike, drop. Heck yeah. We're done. All right. So <laughs> we will put some of those resources in the show notes so you can link. We'll have them linked down there for you. So you can just click on those and go off and search. Um, and we have a couple of more guests coming up um, on these next couple of episodes. So yes. you'll get to experience that along with us. And we are going to get back into the 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 burr months. The burr months. Not yeah. yet. It's still stinking hot. Well, the, the burr months are coming. The burr months are coming. And we're probably in a burr month right now. We're, <laughs> <laughs> we're in a burr month. If you're listening to this and you're not is a year this, away, right. you're, you're in a burr month right now. Is this not a burr month outfit? <laughs> no, it's fine. It's it's all good. It's no, all good. but to Anna Kate's point, we have awesome guests coming up. We have a wonderful chiropractor. We have a craniosacral specialist. Um, we have a specialist from an awesome company that I did so much research on to come across that I'm so excited to share that science behind that company. I think it will be mind blowing for a lot of people. So stay tuned. A lot coming up this month, all focused on health and wellness, maintaining health and and preventing illness. And if you learned something, please share this episode. That would be very appreciative. Thank you very much. We'd appreciate it. And I know whoever you share it with will appreciate the information as well. Yes. All right, y'all. Thank you for joining us. We will see you next time. Let's Let's discover discover together. together. Hey, Discover. Let's discover more. Find episode link in today's show notes. Follow us on Instagram and TikTok at The Discovery Doc. Connect with us on Facebook at The Discovery Doc. Like and subscribe on YouTube. Find us wherever you listen to podcasts. Visit our website, thediscoverydoc.com. This podcast is produced by Soulpreneurs Association and powered by soulsoftware.co. Empowering your digital journey with innovative solutions. The content provided in this podcast provides general information and discussions on various topics related to health, wellness, and medical advancements. However, it is essential to understand that the content provided in this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. The hosts, guests, and contributors are individuals sharing their personal experiences, opinions, and knowledge in their respective fields. While they strive to provide accurate, up-to-date information, medical knowledge is constantly evolving and the information presented in this podcast may not always reflect the most current research and medical guidelines. It is crucial to consult with a qualified healthcare professional or medical expert for specific medical concerns. Never disregard professional medical advice or delay seeking medical treatment based on the information presented in this podcast. The Discovery Doc podcast encourages listeners to use their own judgment and discretion while implementing any suggestions, recommendations, or lifestyle changes discussed in this episode. Each individual's medical situation is unique and may work for one, may not be suitable or safe for another. The podcast hosts, guests, and contributors are not liable for any direct, indirect, consequential, or incidental damages or harm that may arise from listening or acting upon the information provided in this podcast. Listeners are responsible for their own health decisions and should exercise caution and seek professional guidance when necessary. By listening to this podcast, you acknowledge that you have read, understood, and agreed to this medical disclaimer. If you have any questions or concerns about this medical disclaimer, please consult a qualified healthcare professional.